0: Hi there and a very warm welcome as every Friday to Bergos now. My name is Aurelia Rauch and I have a total of two guests today. I'm talking to Dennis König, who you might all know. Hi Dennis. Hi Aurelia. And we have a new expert with us today. It's Steffen Wagner, the CEO and co-founder of Verf Ventures. Hi Steffen. Hi Aurelia. Steffen, you are here for a reason. So I feel like I have started the last probably three or four podcasts with the fact that uh, we are experiencing quite turbulent times. The markets are a bit, let's just say up and down, and we wanted to take the occasion to look at different asset classes. And one that maybe is for some investors still a bit of a nebulous term, we we might want to know more about it, is venture capital. So why are you here? Who are you? Tell us about you.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Thanks for being with us.
1: So my name is Stefan. I am one of two co-founders and CEO here at Verve Ventures, a venture capital firm investing in uh, European tech-based ventures or startups, as some say.
0: So you are perfectly positioned to tell us a bit more about the asset class. Could you be so kind to just dive right in what does venture capital or VC mean and I mean this in the broadest of terms what happens there what is important to know if somebody has never really you know dealt with anything in that direction what do they need to know in short
1: so I would say that venture capital is about investing in young companies that are technology-based with the aim to make money at a point of exit Mm -hmm. meaning a trade sale or an IPO Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And uh, tell us a bit about, Stefan, uh, excuse the term, the history of it. I feel like we've really been talking about this more or hearing about this more in the last maybe, I, I mean, this is my sort of feel fact, 15 years maybe. It seems to be having quite a moment if we're looking towards like Silicon Valley, especially maybe the States. Can you contextualize it a little bit in terms of why is it having such a moment?
1: You're right. I mean, first of all, venture capital dates back to the U.S., because that's where it all started. Venture capital was actually closely linked to the academic world in the US. Mm-hmm. And actually many of the big tech firms that we now know have originated as spin-offs from these universities. And uh, yeah, it was invented there and it was funded by venture capital. And you're right, I think in Europe, probably uh, we started talking about venture capital five to ten years ago only. Whereas in the US, this is a thing that we know exists for a couple of decades.
0: Mm -hmm. And can you give us a bit of an orientation in terms of figures? Is this a very lucrative market? Like what's going on? What's sort of the flavor of the market
1: like a little bit? So is it lucrative? Um, Actually, if done right, it is. If you compare it with other asset classes, you can expect above average returns, but obviously with a different risk profile. Um, some people say uh, it's only lucrative in the US, but actually recent figures, if you look, look at PitchBook and other sources show that European averages, if you look at VC funds out of Europe, are actually quite similar.
0: That sounds pretty seductive in a way. Um, so if, if I'm now interested in, in being a part of this world that I know is rather complex, what's you know if you had to convince me to do it, why should I w- why should I look at this? Why should I look at VC?
1: Well personally I think there's nothing more exciting for an investor. With no other form of investing, you are so close to entrepreneurship. you're so close to the newest technologies out there. And you need to have a clear view and interest in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I would say there's nothing more exciting. And by the way, um, another reason perhaps to con- contemplate in investing in venture is that also the investors are the most exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you look at those people that have made the venture capital investments in the past, then... Yeah, you will see that even, even you would see that these are curious people, that these are people that are broadly interested. Uh, you would see that they are, yeah, they they also don't lack self-esteem. They, they believe typically that they can form an opinion mm-hmm. um, and they don't shy away from taking some educated risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's not for everybody, surely not. Uh, not for the anxious about the future uh, and not for those that that simply don't care about investing.
0: Can I ask, I mean, it's sort of a follow-up to what you're saying because I feel like it's also such a... Um, so m- my background is in art and I feel like there's such a... The, the, the dynamic between collectors is so like an interesting network idea, right? The, the exchange, the... the, the sort of pollination of one idea to another person. Is that comparable?
1: It's interesting. Yes, you make me think of one parallel. If you look at venture capital, then you quickly find out that this is also a very closely knit network Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. firms uh, across Europe and even globally that are all in very close contact and in constant exchange. Um, as an outsider, you don't see this, right? Mm. Uh, when you start investing as a business angel, for example, out of your private network, you also don't see it. But, um, but yeah, it's a closely knit ecosystem. And it's also important to have that ecosystem, mm-hmm. probably also in art, yeah, in yeah. order to know what's really going on and uh, to be able to uh, make good investments. Mm.
0: It's fascinating. I I think it's it that's such an appeal, right? Like I, even that idea, and and th- to be at the forefront of what's happening, like this combination is very enticing. Um, g- quickly, minute, if I can come back to sort of a more basis-forming question about portfolio allocation, can we speak a bit about that?
1: Yes. So, yeah, let's look at typical portfolios of of investors. I mean. Probably most of our listeners are invested in real estate, perhaps with an idea to preserve value, at least Um, most investors that are listening are also invested in public markets. Uh, I mean, if you just think about what our pension funds actually invest in, we are actually forced to to be invested in public equity Mm -hmm. and public debt. There's no way around it, right? Mm Um, But if you restrict yourself to public equity within the equity space, then you actually leave a lot of return potential on the street. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is that? Because, I mean, you can Google it, but there's also enough evidence today that a lot of the value creation is not happening in public markets anymore. Like it used to be like two decades ago but it has shifted more and more into the private markets. Mm-hmm. So uh, you might remember that two decades ago, people were excited to, to invest in IPOs and, and and make money from these newly listed companies right now. And that's also not a surprise that private equity has become such a wave in the le- last 10, 20 years. Uh, right now, most of the value generation happens before the IPO, so mm-hmm. in private markets. Yeah, And even more so, in venture capital because if you go even one step uh, earlier than before you uh, are exposed um, with private equity you you need to look at you need to look at startup investments Mm -hmm. because that's where it all comes from so when we think about portfolio allocation and diversification i think we cannot even speak of a real diversification without venture capital because We would that would mean that you would exclude a large part of our economy where basically the biggest value creation is happening, where we see solutions of challenges that we're all facing um, being built, um, where, um, you know, the companies, the big companies of tomorrow are are being founded Mm -hmm. Nestle's or ABB's or whatever of tomorrow. And that has to be part. Of any real diversification,
0: Stefan. That sounds uh, honestly, uh, yeah, I, I like a world I want to be part of. I guess that's that's really it. And I'm looking over at a Dennis with bright, shiny eyes. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to pivot this to you, Dennis, because I mean, you're not here for nothing. Of course, there is, uh, you know, a, sort of an answer to the question of how could I be a part of that, Dennis.
2: Yes, we've recently announced and um, lined out a cooperation with their ventures because we've realized that venture capital is really of increasing relevance for our clients. Um, There's multiple reasons. So as Stefan already mentioned, the asset class is just strategically incredibly important for any portfolio. Um, That is one reason. And the other reason is, that, I mean, Stefan, you mentioned it, um, you need to be, uh, you know, curious, you need to be able to formulate, um, an educated opinion, um, by yourself. And that's exactly how our clients are. And that's why, um, we see the need to really offer an access to that asset class, to the technologies, and also to offer an opportunity for our clients to learn from these companies and to be involved in that network.
0: Thank you, Dennis. We'll hear a little bit more about the details of that later, if you if you don't mind. But I want to kind of pivot now back to Stefan, because I know there's so many reasons to be a part of it. But I, I I thought this little discourse was was helpful one. Also, Dennis, you just really looked like you wanted to say something. So Stefan, can you tell us more uh, more about this? I mean, there's so many reasons more about VC. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> diversification, as you said, is certainly an important reason to be in venture capital, but there are other good reasons to do it. And I mean, also knowing that for Bergos, the next generation topic is is a big one uh, for us as well, impact is is the talk of the town. Right. And when we talk about impact, I really personally believe that there are, is no other asset class where your Swiss franc, euro or dollar can create such a positive or comparably strong impact. Yeah. Let me explain that. I mean, if you buy equity or a share of a listed company, again, perhaps of Nestle or whatever, you're buying on a secondary market and that money actually doesn't go to Nestle. It is not put at operational work. Yeah. That money just ends up in the pocket of somebody selling you the share. However, when you now look at venture capital, you typically invest in primaries so that are new shares that are being created and the money flows into these uh, startup companies, venture yep. companies and this money is put at operational work. it will it is put at work to create a new way of treating diseases. It is put at ways of you know meeting other big challenges that we're facing as mankind, be it climate change, be it the aging society or whatever it is. Mm. So you have really a very direct, impact on actually allowing solutions to be created for those for those impact in uh, for those uh, challenges that I've mentioned. And in other words, whereas in uh, public equity, um, primaries are an exception. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, there are also from time to time capital increases in private in public companies. uh, It's the rule in venture capital that this money goes uh, into these operational purposes. In other words, you could say that these kind of primary equity investments actually directly finance entrepreneurial performance.
0: I like that very much. That's uh, an important spin and maybe one that's not necessarily always at the forefront when, when you think about that. Yeah, it, it that's a very good point, Stefan. Thank you for raising it.
1: Yeah, and another one. Uh, Another reason to be in venture capital is certainly also uh, the learning experience. (laughs) Sometimes I say that investing in venture capital is better than doing an MBA.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Investing in venture capital, I would say, is also something if I was a CEO of a big corporate I would ask all my members of my uh, directorate to actually do because they should also, it 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 forces them to to think entrepreneurially, but also about their own businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So as a dad, as a CEO, that's certainly the best uh, investment into education that you could imagine. And obviously, it's it's the most passionate asset class for sure. I mean, we've talked about the excitement uh, already, but I mean, venture capital allows you really to be part of an entrepreneurial journey where you follow this uh, a, a, a typically steep uh, evolution of a young company very closely and um, you can support it, you can be part of it if you want, you don't have to be. I mean, it's already entrepreneurial if you only invest in venture capital, but it allows you to be closer and, and be part of it if you want to, and uh, that you can also not have with any other asset class.
0: Stefan, those are a lot of reasons to be invested in venture capital. Can I ask you this? Certainly also risks involved or reasons not to or people shy away from it for certain reasons. You know, not to completely now talk them out of the purview. But what's your response to it? Which ones are there? What should people consider? What should people also know?
1: Yes. So there are some classic arguments or concerns that you hear when you talk about venture capital to people who have not made experiences in that asset class. One of them is that venture capital is seen to be an intransparent asset class compared to public markets, an asset class where you have less information to take good decisions. And perhaps if you permit, let me let me uh, contemplate a little bit about that one (laughs) first before I go on. Yes, of course, if you think about public markets, there's a lot of research. uh, There's a lot of coverage by analysts on asset classes, on even specific uh, securities. And on the other hand, what you often have is a lot of information that leads to not necessarily a better base of decision because when you think about some of the big listed companies, there's so much information that it's actually quite hard to form an opinion and find out what's relevant. Mm -hmm. If you think about companies again, such as Nestlé, they have very complex business models. They're operating in various geographies. They have so many different business units. It's actually not easy. And if you compare that to a specific startup that has a very specific product a very specific go to market strategy, it's sometimes crystal clear. And in front of your uh, clearly in front of your eyes, what this business is about and what kind of bet you actually make when you are investing in such a company. So unlike the sometimes quite complex business models of public listed companies, a startup is very specific, specific in terms of the product they are selling. It can be clearly described, the go-to-market strategies or how they want to sell it. Uh, The market potential, it's a comparably easy constellation to understand and therefore also comparably easy to make an educated bet on whether or not this is a security or a share to invest in.
0: And Stefan, you mentioned, and I think maybe that's also something that sticks with people, this idea of it being quite illiquid. Uh, maybe even risky. I mean, I think that riskiness is sort of uh, kind of instinctively what one would maybe fear the
1: most. Yes. Well, first of all, the illiquidity is a risk, right, Um, per se. However, what's funny is if you talk to investors that have invested in private equity, they usually tell you that it has quite a positive effect and makes them disciplined to not be distracted by short term speculation, trading opportunities, um, or you mentioned the current market turmoil uh, to be distracted by the current uh, economic cycle effects. Right. You need you need in a positively in a positive way to to stay invested. And that is not necessarily a bad thing, only. Mm-hmm. And yes, in terms of the risk, uh, in a broader sense of this asset class, if you do it wrongly, it is certainly very risky. Wrongly meaning if you invest in startups that you hear from in your from your private network only, then you will end up making a lot of beginner's mistakes that can be very simply avoided Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. by going through an established channel with a reputable partner, such as Verve can be another one as well. Um, And that's what I would recommend because, and that's the other thing, um, most of the listeners will probably not be uh, able to be a full-time business angel, uh, looking at startups from morning till evening, yeah. uh, and that's uh, just yeah. That also applies to most of our clients.
0: Perfect segue, <laughs> and of course there are so many you know wonderful partners for a potentially interested listener. But uh, well, in this case, you are ours now. So Dennis, why don't you, uh-huh. why don't you give us a bit more insight on you know what's going on what are we doing with there? you know not to make this um sort of a self-ad here but i think <laughs> it's i think it is a useful block yes. of information
2: yes so as i mentioned venture capital is clearly a topic for us and our clients so when we started thinking about it we were obviously looking for the right partner to do that with together and we wanted to make sure for our clients that you know they don't as stefan said invest in a bad way in venture capital so we were looking for a partner who can de-risk the asset class in a way that there is a proper due diligence being done, that there is proper deal sourcing being done. And therefore, we were looking for a partner who really has a flawless track record in that regard. And that is for sure one reason why we ended up with Verve. And the second reason is that for us, it's very important to give our clients the opportunity to be part of that ecosystem, of that network Stefan has described earlier, and also to make their own um, yeah, educated you said bets or let's say educated guesses, educated investments and merge the due diligence and the research um, our partner Verve is providing with their own beliefs, their own um, projections for the future and therefore we decided that Verve is really the best partner for us.
0: Okay then before I let you go Stefan let me turn back to you once more. Can you give us just a little bit of an insight why Verve is so special?
1: (laughs) Yes there are a few aspects of our way of investing in venture capital and our offering towards investors. And among those, our investment activity is probably the most, the factor that is most uh, unusual. If you look at the activity of venture capital firms in Europe, you can, we usually are ranked top five or top 10 in terms of investment activity especially in the deep tech, so science based uh, technologies. Mm -hmm. And with this activity, and we're talking, by the way, about 30 new investments that we do every year, and there's also up to another 40 investments in existing portfolio companies and uh, just another figure around 160 companies already in our portfolio. So in short, we can offer our investors, a very broad range of startups over time. And with this activity, also, this high level of activity also comes another important aspect, which is the network that we have and that we can make available to investors, to the co investors across Europe, you. We talked about art right before. Um, This is something that you cannot build up as a private person very quickly, but it is absolutely key in order to make sure that you see the best deals happening in Europe. So after 160 investments uh, or companies uh, that we have worked on in the past, there were always co-investors that we worked with and out of that, came strong working relationships, joint portfolio companies and, you know, while a lot of VCs will say they have a good network, we can actually prove by the by the investment activity that we have these connections Mm -hmm. and uh, that that we can offer that to to the to our clients. Last not least, I think uh, especially when you look at our team, it's also one of the largest venture capital teams in Europe. We are based in various countries. We have an office in Berlin, in uh, Paris, some, someone in Cambridge, UK. Most people are based out of Zurich and Lausanne here. But we are really close to the big uh, startup hubs. And the size of the team is also very important mm-hmm. because only that allows us to, give, to, to offer such a broad spectrum and, and, and a huge number of, of investment opportunities every year. And one thing that is unique in Europe is the ability to offer direct investments. So typically when you think about venture capital you as an investor invest in a fund usually with high entry tickets 250,000 euros sometimes 150,000 uh, but uh, with Verventures you can actually build your own individual portfolio over time with individual tickets of uh, ten thousand Swiss francs, to, and that's quite special because I mean it's not just about the deals uh, per se and the, the and the access level, but also the quality mm-hmm. because here you co-invest alongside the most reputable uh, co-investors in Europe at the same time.
0: Fantastic! This was just I mean the most broad insight into a very interesting asset class so thank you stefan this was really fabulous but i'm not letting you go yet and dennis i'm looking to you because can you help me summarize it all we've been recording for a while now and i I really want to. yeah no but truly and it's a lot to take away and it's a lot to to know so what i'm leaving with is certainly the more kind of emotional level of why uh, venture capital is an interesting field because you're at the forefront of technology you're in a very exciting network potentially it's fun it sounds a lot like that what are you taking out of this
2: yeah, I think um, these are the main points. So I think it's uh, to a degree, even though you are the the expert there, similar to art, that if you don't enjoy it, you shouldn't invest in it. Yeah. But um, I think if you can enjoy it, I think there is also economical sense to, to invest in it. Um, that's for sure um, a second component. And the other one is really an invitation to, to everybody who is um, open-minded and interested in technology of the future to really just have a look, um, get acquainted with, with the technologies available um, on on Verve's platform, and really try to dive deep in there we will also provide a lot of content together with founders in the future and um, i think it's a really interesting field to yeah dive into and to get acquainted with
0: i am so excited i think we also have a lot in planning in terms of sort of knowledge building context building so i'm I'm super excited for everything that's to come steven thank you for building such a cool company thank you for being here today and shedding light on this topic um yeah thank you a thousand times
1: thanks for having me
0: Dennis, thank you for, for being here with us and and giving some very helpful handrails. Thank you, Dennis.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: And we thank you, as always, very much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this little deep dive into venture capital. We're back with more from Bergers now next Friday. Until then, as always, a beautiful weekend and a pleasant, successful week. Bye-bye.